0: everyone. Welcome to this podcast in the ITAM Forum's Changemakers series. My name is AJ Witt from the ITAM Review.
1: And I'm Jennifer Carr from the ITAM Forum.
0: And we're talking today to Rachel Ryan, who is first Vice President, Global Head of ITAM at Danske Bank. Hello, Rachel.
1: Hi there. Thanks for having me.
0: You're welcome. Um, and Rachel, uh, Rachel's team won Projects of the Year at the ITAM Review's 2021 Excellence Awards. And we were going to sort of start off by talking a little bit around that and um, and how you came to to get that award and, and and actually what what your team did. So can you tell us a little bit more about that transformation project, Rachel? Uh, Rachel?
1: Yeah. So I think uh, I will. I started with the bank back in uh, two thousand and nineteen, um, and I was brought in. Um, it's a global role from the UK, looking at mm. teams in um, Lithuania and Denmark, um, and um, a, a project had, had started um, around um, maturing the um, the SAM capability, the software asset management capability. Um, so, the first year we sort of focused on a couple of different things. Um, one of them was about um, maturing the um, major vendor um, management. So we brought in um, some resources around Oracle and IBM, but really high-end industry-leading experts um, in in that space. The other thing that we looked at was process and governance. So looking at Looking at all the different processes around ITAM and making sure that we had them in place, but not only we had them in place, but they were then documented and that they were effective. And then the other thing was around up, like I said, upskilling. And we did that by bringing in some high end resources to train others. Um, and then we got some, like, we used the Lisa subscription as well to upskill a lot of the team. And then the next year was about taking it to that next level. Because we'd done quite well in the first year, we were then asked to look at hardware asset management as well. So we set up a governance team uh, around hardware assets as well. And we did bring some external resources in at that point to to help us um, with the best practices around hardware asset management. And then we also set up a team in India as well. Um, And at the same time, we started working on renewals management as well. So we'd look at cost savings. And what we also did as well, we looked at a maturity assessment against the ISO standard, so we took on the improvement areas for both SAM and HAM from those maturity assessments to the following year and worked on ensuring that we could fill those gaps. We'd already done pretty well, actually, in the first SAM one. We were already quite mature by the time we'd done our first assessment. But by the second one, we were literally like coming out like 98% against the the matrix against the ISO processes. What made you as a leader of the ITAM team decide that you wanted to go and and do this maturity assessment and uh, learn from the results of it? As a leader, I wanted to really get underneath the covers of, of everything that was going on and really see where we are and how we could improve. It's all very well you're saying, I think we're great. Do <laughs> hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? Everybody can do that, can't they? Uh, but it, to have it externally assessed and have it on black and white you know, is really great. Um, and it just gives you that area of, of improvements for your roadmap for the following year.
0: Uh, on, on that subject, I mean, would you say it's slightly easier due to the due to the industry you're working in, which is obviously highly regulated? Um, do, you, do you think it's been you, you've had to do less convincing in terms of compliance and audit and so on um, about ITAM in general because your entire industry is so heavily regulated?
1: Absolutely, absolutely. Financial services hmm. and ITAM is a match made in heaven. Um, yep because it's absolutely fundamental. Um, External regulators in the financial services area um, will want to ensure that you are managing, tracking all of your IT assets. Um, If you also look at, at security regulations, again, everything in security is around managing your IT assets um so it's absolutely you know proliferated through all of the regulations
0: is 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 your team sort of the the go-to team for all those other stakeholders and are they still doing their own discovery no security and and config and so on or, or is it all really coming from your team
1: so yes the discovery is done in our area for the managing and tracking of IT assets but Vulnerability management will be doing. Uh, will have their own scanning tools, which are uh, looking for vulnerabilities specifically. You yeah. know, so they will have their tools that look for you know vulnerabilities and vulnerability ratings. But when it comes to when they find a vulnerability and they need to know who the owner of that asset is, uh, that's when it comes to us.
0: What would you say the perception of ITAM was before you joined and? how has it changed I, I know you mentioned sort of after year one you got responsibility for ham based on year one successes I yeah, just interested yeah. to know how, how the board sees ITAM and and how you went about changing perhaps that perception
1: I think initially it was seen as a back office function and you know there may have been things going on behind the scenes but you know it not a lot of different departments knew what ITAM did or you know had an assumption that they were doing certain things that but maybe they weren't you know it's just like oh you know ITAM must be managing the whole of the estate and compliance and everything else and nobody has any other responsibilities and um, so I, I think like with anything there was this an assumption uh, that there was this big you know black hole of everything to do with all IT assets so I think what had to happen was, uh, initially, we to sort of really set out, you know, what we were doing, what was our mission, what we were responsible for and what we weren't responsible for. And it was really about getting out into the business, working with the different application owners to say, you know, you are responsible to ensure that you're compliant IT asset management are here and responsible for managing and tracking and giving you that information and help you optimize. So, what we had to do was very much work collaboratively and not be like the software police. It was very much going out and showing our value. Then it was like, wow, well, you know, ITAM, are, are, you know, definitely somebody that you want to have at the table.
0: So I, I wanted to rewind just a little bit on something that you mentioned, which we kind of mentioned in passing, but it, was, it seems to be very, very important. You said that um, ITAM is is responsible for helping people be compliant. So, so this, the the asset owners are on the hook, as you will, as you will, for compliance, and you're there to help them get to be compliant. I'm wondering how the culture at Danske Bank maybe helps with. Uh, engaging with those application owners and and as asset owners and and onboarding them into the whole kind of idea that, yeah, well, actually it is your fault if you're massively non-compliant.
1: I, Tam, I'm not saying it's the same in all organisations, but we don't deploy software and we don't buy software. So it's going to Mm -hmm. be pretty tough for us to be responsible, isn't it? You know, if everybody across the organisation is deploying software, then, how can we be responsible for compliance? And remember, you're going to have thousands of different pieces of software across the organization. You have to have somebody on point who's going to be responsible for that application. And remembering as well that IT asset management aren't, aren't responsible for everything to do with that IT asset. An IT asset owner has responsibilities of, of, of all different natures, you know, and one of them is license compliance. Um, you know, and they are also responsible for ensuring that they don't overspend on their, you know, renewal for licenses that they don't, they're not using. You mm. know, they have a, a a budgetary responsibility as well. But, you know, it's not a case of handing over responsibility. It's, it's a collaboration. We're here to help. Let us help you. Let us, um, you know, advise you We don't just expect everybody just to get on with it. Of course, we proactively work to um, put all the processes in governance in place so that the application owners are given the best possible chance.
0: Wherever you look, really, particularly in an estate which hasn't been particularly well managed for a number of years, there's risks everywhere, right? And it's like, which which stone do I want to turn uh, over here? And when is it actually a risk? When is it, no, when is that? When is that going to? When is that chicken going to come home to roost?
1: We can. We are an advisory function, mm. but we're not going to tell you what to do with your software. You know, because sometimes, like, you know, if they sort of say, "Oh, well, ITAM should be responsible for that," and well, you you should be responsible for that. Well, okay, if you want that, but know that if we have that responsibility, we're going to be telling you what you can and cannot do with your software. Is that really what you want? The best place for ITAM is always to be this very collaborative function. So it's a case of, here are the savings that you can make if you so choose to, and that that fits in your strategy and your business objectives. If it doesn't, then that's fine, but no, there's an opportunity there. Um, And for me, the best way that we can work is to go out, speak to your stakeholders and say, let me know what you're looking for from ITAM, and then also what are your objectives? And you know, what when you're normally listening to people about the challenges and their objectives, there's normally always a way that ITAM can help in some way or form. How do you think ITAM professionals should change or adapt from maybe how they were viewed before to where how they want to be f- viewed going forward? What can they do themselves to help that transition? I think it's not to get stuck in the old tradition of ISTAM. You know, we just do license compliance. Um, We just, you know, manage and track assets. Um, There's so much more that we can do now. Um, You know, and this may be around the FinOps you know, SAS management, shadow IT, sustainability. Um there's, you know, the end of life management, the the mapping of IT assets to business critical systems, you know, how we can um help in operational resilience, you know, how the IT assets can help on the service desk for major incidents, you know, knowing what we've got and how it all fits together, so how that can you know affect our operational stability um it's really thinking outside of the box um when i think back to when i did my software asset management exams i'm talking probably around i don't know something makes me think it was around about maybe 15 years ago um because I was, like, licensed specialist in operational management and service management before our software. Software asset management, just, they've just started to come out with the accreditations and training. And I remember I did mine, and there, was, there wasn't really any talk of software license compliance. It was very much about how tracking your IT assets could help you know, like the service desk or the CMDB and operational management and reducing time and risk and, and all this type of thing. Um, and then suddenly the big boom of of SAM came when the auditors started coming in from the software vendors and then it was all about license compliance. But when you move out of that and you know you come across that like maturity, you know, bell curve, um, you then that's where the good stuff happens. You know, where you can really show value to the business around having that bi- visibility. Um, you know, uh, of everything and what that can be used for. You know, big transformation projects, and they all need the information, they need the data, uh, and they don't currently have it. Um, so that's where all the good stuff really happens, I think, and, and I think that's where we sort of lost sight of. So it's 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 about thinking. Um, slightly outside of the box from license compliance and savings to how can IT asset data help different, um, you know, parts of the business. You're just so fundamental to, to the rest of the business. You've just got to get out there uh, and see what more you can you can help with. What do you like the most about what you do in the world of ITAM? Const- constantly learning, constantly learning. Um, you know i've I've been working in it since my early 20s i was like a licensed specialist and you know initially and then moved more into the process and governance side of things and then you know managing large teams um and then getting involved you know like hardware asset management running that governance. And then, you know, we're, we're working on like, you know, CMDB task force, looking at setting up FinOps, so involved with security now, learning so much about security, looking at the life cycle management, now learning about sustainability. It's just constantly learning. You know, and now we've got this, that moving to the cloud and the cloud migrations and, you know, how we're going to optimise the estate and then learning all about the external regulations and, uh, and things. It's just really, really interesting. Um, you can never get bored in ITAM, <laughs> ever. You know, there's so much to learn. And I think the good thing as well about ITAM is you don't, you don't have to be um, a technical specialist. I mean, you can be. You can definitely be that technical person. You could also be somebody who's really good at licensing. You can be somebody who's really good at process and governance. You can uh, be somebody who's really good at risk management and, and quality. Um, again, if you're interested in security and, and, and vulnerabilities and cybersecurity, again, you can work with, with IT assets. So, um, you know, if you really into like contract management and legal terms and conditions, again, that's another area. Some people love the audits. you know, that that uh, that thrill of the, um, you know, the, the negotiations, the analysis, the remediation, the working in big teams, you know, time timescales and things like that and um, so there's there's quite a lot that you can different areas within ITAM that you can um specialise in so it's it's a it's a good area to work in uh
0: thank you Rachel uh really great conversation um it's it's, it's really fascinating to see the journey that you've been on at Danske Bank and, and indeed ITAM in general and plenty of tips there for the future uh, it really does show how Diverse and open, the world of ITAM is. You can really be whatever you want to be um, in ITAM. As you said, it goes across the whole of an organisation. You can deliver value in so many different ways, um, and it's a long-term career. Uh, you know, it's constantly evolving, um, and there's always a new challenge just around the corner. Thank you, Rachel. Thank you, Jen.
1: Thanks, Rachel. Thanks a lot. Thank you, Jen.